Hello, everyone. This is Adam Meister, the Bitcoin Meister, the Disrupt Meister. Welcome to the Beyond Bitcoin Show. Today is October the 18th, 20. 20. Strong hand, long-term thinking, unconfiscatable, do not accept a new normal, fitting in is overrated, personal responsibility is a new counterculture, offended by selling conviction, golden age, we're going to talk about space and the golden age and health and all sorts of things. Hello, my elite friends, how are you doing on this beautiful afternoon? I hope you're just not sitting there picking your nose, watching some NFL game, go outside, I'm doing my sprints today. And running probably four miles afterwards. I already walked back and forth from Shoal in motion. If you have questions, I have answers. It's a great day to freaking be alive during this golden age 2020s, baby. So ask questions. It's the Beyond Bitcoin show. They can be about life, women, money, Bitcoin, whatever you want to do. I will answer your questions. Five-digit round, baby, and do what this shirt says. For those of you just listening at home, it says pound that like button on the shirt. So uh, I, I like this new shirt. Very good. Been debuting my new shirts. So on these uh, Beyond Bitcoin shows, now that for four weeks in a row, I've posted photos in, in the thumbnail of me with a lady from my past. And uh, you can see uh, this one, I, I'm dressed very nicely. And so is the, the lady in the photo with me. And I was thinking about using it, and everything just came together perfectly. Today happens to be her birthday. It's it's kind of coincidental there, um, but that sealed the deal. Maybe I, you know, I got def- But this is a story about being in motion. So, by the way, play this at two x people. If you don't want, you you can just skip through this part. We'll get to the 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 links are. If you're watching this tape, the links are below. If you're watching this live, I haven't put the links down there yet. But you can skip this if you don't want to hear about uh, stories from Adam's past with, with various uh, women and whatnot and what the picture uh, means or who's in the picture with Adam. And I've, I've talked about this person before. Her name's Sarah, Detroit Sarah. Let's call her that. And uh, so at the time of this photo, I just want to point out a couple things here. She was already a, um, a mother by then. And uh, I, at the time of this photo, I had a girlfriend that was not Sarah. I was, uh, and so, but, so we did nothing happen this evening, except we, we hung out. And I just want to point that out there. But years before that, I did seal the deal with this girl. It, it, yes, it happened. So uh, when she was, you know, in, in the single days, not when she was married or anything like that, she's now divorced, of course. So let, let, let's continue here. What, what and so this photo is actually from my Facebook, and this is the caption I have below the the uh, the, the photo. September seventeenth, twenty eleven. So Detroit Sarah Sarah came back to Baltimore for the first time since two thousand eight. I had not seen her since two thousand seven. She was in town for a wedding of a relative of hers, and I was supposed to meet her at Red Maple, which is a, a club, after ten p.m. At eight p.m. I'm sitting at my computer in a T-shirt and Sarah calls me. She says some cousins did not show up to the wedding and she needs a date. So I should come to the wedding at the 1840s ballroom downtown. At a few minutes after 830, I was at the wedding in my suit at Sarah's table. Good times. So, dude, I am just sitting there on a Saturday night 
you know, I'm going to go to the bar at 10 p.m. and I get a, and meet a girl that's in town for a wedding. And she calls me. She says, come to the wedding. You're going to be my guest at the wedding. And I just I was down there within a half hour with the suit on, looking exactly like the way you see me in that photo with her. And I think some of the ladies will like her dress. Supposedly it was a very nice dress. I, I don't know. Um, and yeah, it was it was a, a lovely, a lovely affair. I was actually at the table of the grandmother of I was like at one of the main tables. I don't know anybody at this dark wedding except Sarah. And uh, I'm I'm sitting there with her, and she has to you know who, people what like, who is this guy? Where did he come from? He just shows up in the middle of the, the, the dinner or something like that. Uh, but they, they're very nice. I was I was at like an important table, the grandmother of the, the groom's table. I don't know these darn people. <laughs> so and then good what a good food, and candy, and all. You know, I used to eat candy. I remember there was candy at this thing. Uh, so, and yeah, and then we hung out afterwards at, at Red Maple at, as planned. So, uh, yeah, it, it, an adventurous time. And, uh, that is, uh, who that is in that photo with me. I've told other stories about, uh, being in Detroit. I visited her, I visited her later in 2013, right before I bought my first Bitcoin. Um, like the day before I bought my first, I, I didn't want to buy it in Detroit. Then there was a reason for that. But when I got back to Baltimore on whatever it was, November 17th, 2013, it's good. My my seven year anniversary of buying Bitcoin is coming up soon, and I was hanging out with her at that time also. But again, uh, at, at that point, she was on the verge of getting divorced. But uh, oh, anyway, that's it. You can see the picture. That's who it is. Good good memories. Happy birthday to Sarah. It is actually really is her birthday today, and I I can remember days like this very easily. Uh, well, first of all, my father was born on October nineteenth, so it's really easy to remember. He was born on October eighteenth. Now moving on. Last week, last week, so I hope you played that at 2x, all you people that, that don't want to hear stories like that. Uh, yeah, man, but I can clean up real fast, real fast. I can go from uh, sitting in the T-shirt uh, at the computer to, to wearing the, the suit and tie at the lovely affair at the 1840s ballroom, downtown Baltimore. Okay, September – oh, yeah, so uh, one thing I forgot about that. Since I did have a girlfriend at the time, she eventually found that photo, and she was very unhappy. All right, then, whatever. Okay, so <laughs> that one's perfect. Last, uh, I forgot to talk about this last week. The famous S. Molly, uh, Stefan M. Let's call him Stefan M. He got kicked off of YouTube, you all know, and now he's on BitChute. Now, I, I check out his videos occasionally on BitChute, and he's got this one that I'm going to link to below, all right? And he's frustrated okay he's frustrated and he's got a legitimate frustration because he's a really smart guy all right and he doesn't understand how stupid like why are so many people so stupid and so mindless and just are algorithm slaves he doesn't he doesn't get it and he took for granted on youtube that there were just a lot of 80 percenters that were just watching him because he was on youtube and he, i mean i think he started to learn it well, youtube did start to throttle him before they kicked him off so his numbers were going down and he couldn't understand why his numbers were going down. I mean, it, and he just, he didn't get it that his 20% or fan base was still there, but just when you're on YouTube, you play by their rules. They can throttle the algorithm. So they send, you no 80% or traffic. Okay. But once he got the bit shoot, then he, he starts to lose even more traffic. Okay. He's very frustrated. And he, he, he in the video, he makes a very simple point. He's just one website over now. Like if your friend 
moved one house over, would you stop visiting your friend? No, you wouldn't stop visiting your friend if he moved one house over, okay? No. So all he's done is his videos now, you can't find them at YouTube. You can find them at BitChute. But people aren't going to watch his videos because most people on YouTube, YouTube has has done an incredible thing with their algorithms, with, with their Google technology, okay? They have created a, a mindless platform addiction. People are coming to YouTube to watch what YouTube tells them to watch. Most of the people on YouTube now come here. They don't, sure, they like some shows on YouTube. They like some creators on YouTube, okay? But at this point, they are so addicted. They're such slaves. They're just coming to YouTube and they're letting YouTube tell them everything they should watch. And they stay on YouTube. They don't want to go anywhere else because they feel happy about YouTube. They get uh, an adrenaline rush or whatever, uh, serotonin, all, all, I don't know, all the drugs that make you do all, all the chemicals that make you super happy and addicted to social media. YouTube has mastered it. And so you what, what? But look at Matt Molyneux's frustration. And he again, his point is very valid. And I brought it up also. I just I don't know why people don't use their heads. Yaron Brook talks about it, too. You know, people do not think. People just don't think anymore. They let these algorithms think for them. I mean, I, I guess I'm used to thinking. I don't, I don't think it's that hard of a thing to do, but apparently it's it's quite an accomplishment to use your brain and to use critical thinking at all or anything even close to critical thinking. All right, let me see if there are questions over there. I see there's uh, – are you ever in Baltimore? Yeah, I'm only for, only for holidays. I've only been in Baltimore – uh, for just we just had the high holidays from Rosh Hashanah to Yom Kippur, uh, so that was a little less than two weeks. And then in June, I was in Baltimore for the first time, only for three days uh, because of all this uh, nonsense that's been going on. And I'll be back for Thanksgiving, so uh, usually I'm back in Baltimore for four periods of time. Okay, uh, usually it, Passover, I couldn't come back this year because of all the insanity. But usually it's it's Passover another time. Uh, the high holidays and Thanksgiving, those, those four times. But no, I, I don't, I live all over the world. I travel all over and I'm in Salt Lake City right now. And uh, Roman Q says, people use the Google search bar hundreds of times a day. Then they come to YouTube and forget they can search for things themselves. Don't be a slave to the algorithm, people. Yeah, no, no, I, I think you're absolutely right. But Roman, I, I also, the, a lot of people who use the Google search how many of those people ever even checked the second page of the Google search? <laughs> that's, that's an interesting question also. But yeah, YouTube is just Google. YouTube's got a great search. I mean, I, I use it. I, I definitely search people out there. When I hear Yaron Brook doesn't, usually his links below, he does the people he talks about sometimes, they, they're not linked to below. So I got to use, I got to look up who he's talking about or who, whatever anyone's talking about. I, I look up on YouTube to find videos, uh, content creators, uh, that, that that I might like, but no, so many people, so many people can't even use the YouTube search engine. How can you expect them to even uh, take it one step further and, and go to BitChute? Okay, and all these shows are at BitChute. All of my shows and my BitChute following has been growing lately. It's it's been very. I, I don't know why. I, I, I maybe more people are moving to BitChute and and looking up cryptocurrency related stuff. I have no idea, but I do like this shirt a lot, and it does say pound that like button. So do that. Mm. And I just, I didn't even know this was on the shirt <laughs> until like the other day. 
All right, let's let's uh, move on to the next uh, topic. Oh yeah, retweet this dude. Speaking about social media, but you can it'll be on Parlor also. And watch Fridays and Saturdays show, and I think was it Thursday show? I was talking about Parlor. They've all been great lately. All been great. Last night, um, I just talked about what was on my mind in terms of cryptocurrency and Bitcoin. Totally not planned. And Friday, of course, was this week in Bitcoin. So, all right, what do we got here? All right. Let me move on to the next uh, topic. Oh, yeah, this one's lovely. Udi, the great Israeli Udi, who is now you know, un under major lockdown. It's insane what they got going on over there. By the way, in Israel, it is the, the leftists are protesting against the lockdown. It shouldn't just be – it should be everyone. OK, so to me, it's not political at all. I don't care way, whatever. If it's a leftist regime that that, sh that that puts a lockdown on me or a rightist regime, I don't I don't care. I'm again. It is ridiculous at all. But it, it just shows how political this is, because apparently I, I, I don't know this for a fact, but I, I do know the leftists are protesting there. And the government is currently uh, controlled by a so-called rightist called Netanyahu. He's not that right. Uh, don't, don't don't worry about it. I mean, people people try to make him out to be this uh, Hardcore right? No, no, he's not hardcore right wing. He's quite moderate. He's like Joe Biden with not being senile. Now, uh, because he's a, a career politician, but yeah, apparently in, in Israel the, the leftists start protesting. And but, but would they protest if it was a leftist that locked them down? That's a great question. I hope they would. But for people, it's political. So we'll get to that in a second. But Udi says they want a world where you can't call someone a woman without their consent. But it's always okay to call anyone a national socialist. He uses the word N-A-Z-I. I, I'm not going to use that word because, uh, you know, these YouTube – I might not have a YouTube channel anymore if I use that N-A-Z-I word. And, of course, the N-A-Z-I's were the worst human beings in the history of the planet Earth, the, the worst political movement of all time and committed the worst atrocity of all time. Um, but now it, it's true, like uh, – you can't the, – the, so they – what he means by they is the political correct entities out there, the modern world out there. I mean you, you, could, you cannot call someone a woman without their consent, but it's always okay to call someone a, a national socialist, uh, that, that horrible party. And for me, yeah, it, that, that's, that's unfortunate that people just abuse that word so much. Uh, to, to shut down, you know, just call someone that and then it'll shame them or you, you're just so ignorant. You don't even know what that word is. So you just call everybody who hate that word. Now, this is a reason why people who are who, who do believe in that ideology, that, that horrific ideology, um, there are actually people that, that that are that horrible that you believe in that. But they should. I don't believe in censoring them either. OK. I think those people should spout their ridiculous anti-Jewish conspiracies and just all this, all the Jewish paranoia that they have. I, I don't think that should be censored at all. Okay, and all the other ridiculous racial theories that they have—that that should they should they should be out there. They should. I have no problem with that out there because with that out there, okay, then everyone gets to see how crazy these people are. Okay, but at the same time. They get to compare how crazy those people are and all their weird theories and all their hateful theories to like uh, entities like BLM, okay, and, and all the other SJW organizations out there. And then you'll see, well, wait a second, these these NAZIs, 
it, it seems like the, the BLM people are, are similar to them in many ways. So this is why you, you, you let it all be out there because then the people that are, you know, portrayed as these victim, these victim radicals out there that are trying to tear down the system. Well, then you get to see how similar they are to <laughs> NAZIs. It's uh, it's unbelievable. So, I mean, that, that's, a, I, I, you know, during my, my shows, my comments, I don't censor anyone. All, all the wacky people could say whatever the heck they want to. And I, I think that is definitely the best policy, but uh, we, we've seen uh, that uh, what, what's happened, <laughs> it's gotten exponentially worse as, as October has progressed, as the autumn has progressed, as 2020 has progressed, the censorship by these private companies, and they are private companies, so they can do what they want to do. Uh, it's becoming kind of ridiculous now. You know, you, you find out something about the son of, a, of, a, of the former vice president of the United States, and Twitter and Facebook doesn't allow you to talk about it. We'll talk about that in a second. Well, well don't worry. And I, I actually... Check out, I, I believe it was Thursday's show I, or Wednesday's show. I talked about this. I talked about uh, how parlors should step up now and tie in uh, Bitcoin to everything they do. And this is how you take advantage of Twitter being completely ignorant about their – or Twitter being ridiculous about their uh, their censorship policy, which is just pick and choose who we feel like censoring. Okay, morbidly obese. Let's go over that term again real quick, okay? I, I think some people become used to it in this, this age of, of the virus, okay? The way, instead of using the term morbidly obese, we should use deathly ill. These people are deathly ill. When you're morbidly, when you're deathly obese, when you're death, you're going to die eventually for it, from it, okay? You're going to die. So let, let's talk about what, uh, morbidly obese means here. Adjusting for self-report biases, we estimate that in 2010, 15.5 million adult Americans, or 6.6% of the population, had an actual BMI over 40. Now, that is, and that is the definition of morbidly obese. Anyone more than 100 pounds uh, overweight is considered morbidly obese. Anyone with a, a, a BMI over 40. According to research done by Harvard T.H. Chan School of Public Health, it is estimated that around 40% of Americans are considered obese and 18% are considered severely obese. Uh, as of 2019, severely obese is defined as a BMI of over 35. <laughs> All right. So it's uh, and projections say that about half of the U.S. population, 48.9%, will be considered obese and nearly one in four, almost 24.2% will be considered severely obese by the year 2030. Okay, so you, you see the numbers are huge. No no, no pun intended there, okay? Um, <laughs> and uh, no, and that, that's 6.6% of, uh, of Americans, BMI over 40. That at, at six point six percent of Americans are deathly obese, which is morbidly obese, are deathly ill. Okay, so they can catch a cold and die. Okay, when, when you you're on death's door, you really you just we don't take it seriously because we, we live in a very comfortable society where people can pull it off for a time, but they're gonna get they're gonna come down with something that will kill them eventually. Six point six percent. 
So we've got all these people out there in the media going crazy because 200,000 Americans, 200,000 Americans who have had, who definitely or have comorbidities like this have passed away, supposedly, okay? Um, well, no, they've all, they've all died. There's, there's no, no doubt that 200,000 have died. What has, what, but what has really killed them, okay? What percentage of them are in a country where 6.6% of the people are morbidly obese, all right? Where, and what is that number again? 15.5 million people in the United States, at least, are morbidly obese. And then we have 200,000 dying of, of the virus that's currently going on, okay? So morbid obesity can be controlled. It's totally preventable. So many of so, so many of the people are dying because they, they just didn't care about whatever cor- being morbidly obese being whatever it was. They didn't care. They didn't care. And now we're supposed to feel bad. Now we're supposed to feel bad. Now we're supposed to upend our entire lives. We're supposed to sacrifice for people who clearly had no intention of sacrificing. We, we live in it. And you're free to do that. You're, you're free to just go out of your way and, and kill yourself, basically. 15.5 million Americans are well on the road to doing that. Well on the road. It's morbidly obese. You're, you're just you're, you're painting a rose, rosy picture when you're calling it. It's deathly obese. You are deathly ill. And so it's no shock that when there's a stronger cold out there or a stronger flu out there, that in a country where 6, 6.6% of the population is on death's door from obesity, then yeah, people are going to die. Okay. But w- w- what's that got to do with me, man? What's that got to do with a guy who maintains himself? Okay, what's that got to do with with you know personal responsibility? And well, I'll tell you what, they have no personal responsibility. They, there was a screaming and crying that the whole world should shut down because of that. They people should have shut their pie holes a long time ago. Pound that like button, okay? So it's a very unhealthy country. You're when we're, we're in the future, there are going to be other new uh, colds that people can talk about and scare you about. Okay, if you're healthy. Live your life, dude. And if you're healthy, don't feel guilty for being healthy. If you're healthy, you have no obligation to sacrifice for this nonsense that's out there. And uh, I, I found out the, uh, this term from Barry Weiss in a story that's, that I'm going to talk about in, this, in a second. Therapeutic totalitarianism. That might that might be a new that, – that's what uh, liberal democracies are, are becoming – Okay, or is something like the United States? What people are demanding uh, of the free world now is to become a therapeutic totalitarianism style. So, what is that? What, I mean, well, that that describes a government that takes care of everything for you. Okay, they're they're all encompassing. They're going to take care. They're going to make strict rules, but it, it's going to cure you of your problems, of your ills, of your worries. It's therapeutic. This totali- totalitarianism, well, it's too cold of a world word. Therapeutic totalitarianism. And people will, uh, some people will give into it. I mean, yeah, you know, sure, totalitarianism, Stalin, you know who, and, and the NAZI, all those dudes, they were totalitarianism, but they, they, they didn't have the therapeutic aspect. So we've, we, we've evolved here. We've added a, a therapeutic aspect to totalitarianism, and now it's acceptable. The Chinese model, look at them. They, that's 
therapeutic totalitarianism. They shut down everything and they cured it. Look, everyone's healthy and happy there. So we should follow that model. And lockdowns are just a new tool in our new form of running a country. Therapeutic totalitarianism. Oh, so yeah, that's uh, that's uh, we, we definitely are living uh, under that in, in, in many Western countries right now. It's quite amazing now. Um, and I do want to say with, with Twitter uh, ramping it up lately, they, they really uh, people are putting out new examples of stories that dealt with truth and the virus. OK, that are not getting that are being censored. People are being kicked off before. And it, it, to me, it's a positive because it just shows that more and more people out there are not afraid to put out the truth, the, the, the plain, simple truth about this thing. OK, that it's not scary, that the media is using it as a tool, that people are using it as a, po a political tool to get rid of a, whoever they don't like in office. All right. So uh, that, that Twitter and other social medias are now ramping it up. Well, part of the reason is because more people are speaking up. There's more truth that's getting out there. So they're shutting it down, whatever. Go to BitChute people, put it on BitChute. But, but I mean, most people can't watch a BitChute video because they're addicted to YouTube. Dude, just be, learn the 20 percenter way of life, guys. Learn to be in motion. Really, learn to, to think. I, I hope uh, I'm an inspiration out there uh, to, to some of the people who uh, ha have listening comprehension, at least, which is few. Now, and, it, and something I said on yesterday's show, I'm going to say it again real quick. The podcast people, I just noticed on Apple Podcasts uh, that there's a rating system there. and People have, have upvoted me and have left really nice reviews. I didn't even know it existed. Um, I knew I was on Apple Podcasts, but I didn't. Uh, I never really paid attention to like the main page over there. So thank you, and like upvote me over there if you're listening to this. I guess. <laughs> and so leftists, I have noticed, they live in a post-hypocrisy world. That that's another name for the world we're living in right now. Post-hypocrisy world. If you if you point out the hypocrisy in, in what people are doing, they don't care anymore. That's not going to stop them. That's not going to shame them. That's not going to uh, you know, they, 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 they talk about, oh, it's so dealing with the Russians is, is horrible. Dealing with the Eastern Europeans, it's, it's terrible. And then, you know, their leader deals with the Ukraine. No, 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 no. There's nothing wrong with his son dealing with the Ukraine. Blah, 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 blah. No, it, that's not about in, in that in the world, in, in the post hypocrisy world. Don't even, you're, you're wasting your breath. Don't don't just don't worry about it. OK, most people don't know what hypocrisy is anymore. Most people. This, they're not going to. You're not going to win an argument with them. You're not going to. You're not going to change their minds if you point out hypocrisy. And it, it, it seems to be emanating from the, the uh, left, or at least from the collectivist world, the, the collectivist left, and um, maybe the collectivist right. I, I haven't uh, really noticed it that, that that much over there. But keep it in mind. It's a term I just made up. Post hypocrisy world. Yeah. Not go. Come to the Bitcoin overlay. You don't have to worry about post hypocrisy world there. So as you could probably, uh, the media has done a great job of making some people's uh, lives uh, revolve completely around uh, virus stories and virus updates. It's very sad and pathetic, but it shows you that TV, TV still can influence a lot of people. It really can. And social media, but TV is doing it. CNN is, is doing a great job. D don't tell me it's, it's uh, that CNN isn't part of this, okay? Or, or, MS, or, or that they're not doing their part, that people aren't 
drooling over their TV still. Because some people say, oh, it's the modern world. People don't watch TV anymore. They're on the internet. It doesn't matter what's on TV. The audiences are shrinking on TV. Perhaps the audiences are shrinking, but they're, they're having much influence. And people grew up worshiping that TV. They clearly, they, they, they clearly still are uh, doing so. So going back to the China, China model real quick, and that most people are falling for. Uh, well, most countries, they, they, most countries did not have conviction. Most countries did not have real leadership, did not have real principles to stand beside. They got scared. The leaders of the countries got scared. And they saw China and other countries going for the lockdown model. And so they decide to follow the herd. But it's much easier to be wrong together with the herd. It's much easier in life to be like, okay, I got to make a difficult decision, but I don't want to be wrong. So if I go with the herd, with what everybody else is doing, and we're all wrong, then I'm not going to stick out at all when we're all wrong. And Sweden was the, like the only country, and, and Belarus, that didn't go with the let's shock. And I, yeah, okay, we can point out some other ones too, but let, let's just point out the general trends here. The general trend to fit in was, and, and all the media pundits, all the leaders bought, bought it, was the Chinese lockdown model. And because people didn't have the cojones to stand up against it. They didn't have principles at all because they feared more than anything, okay? More than anything, they just feared being wrong and, and, and sticking out like a sore thumb. But what ended up happening is that everybody is wrong. So they're not sticking – they got their wish. They're not sticking out like a sore thumb. But and, and now, I mean, most of them are just still lying to themselves and lying to everyone and saying, oh, Sweden – no, no, Sweden succeeded. Sweden Sweden is, is proven right. They did, they did the right thing here, okay? So um, just, just wanted to point out such a lack of – principle today such just such, such a lack of uh, standing for anything when you stand for anything you'll, you'll just blindly uh, go with what's, what's ever going to fit in and not stick out and so no one can blame you uh, at the end of the day uh, which is just pra pra disgusting pragmatism disgusting pragmatism by these uh, countries and uh, media outlets so let's uh let's keep putting it out there people and pound it let's see Roman Q says her benching hero mentioned parlor yes he did um, did you hear me mention that Ben Shapiro mentioned part caller the other day? I actually did mention it on the show. Um, alt social media network effect is growing. Do you think uh, alt social media will always be fringe or will it become the home of libertarians uh, slash right? No, I think for the foreseeable future that most it, it will be fringe. It takes people like Ben Shapiro to say, I'm going over there. Okay. It also takes parlor. To, to say we're not different. Oh, sure, we're different than Twitter because we're not silencing dissent. We're not politically biased, okay? But that's not enough. They've got to do something else. And that's why I suggested they get totally into cryptocurrency. There has to be a deeper gimmick. And the financial, to, to pay people, to, to have it. To, I mean, watch my show yesterday about financial tribes, okay? Bitcoin is the first financial tribe. All right. And we we're seeing this evolve over time in the golden age. What's it mean to be part of a financial tribe? How intense do people get when they really buy into this financial tribe thing? It's freaking intense. Some of the stuff you see some of these Bitcoin inquisition people doing. So if you as a social media outlet somehow tie in uh, a financial tribe 
into your gimmick, into what you're doing, you're going to get a lot of passionate people that are going to do a lot of free marketing for you. And it's going to differentiate you from all the other fringe stuff. And you're not going to be too fringy anymore, but it takes some innovation. It takes some thinking. It takes being a unique beast. And so that, that, that was my suggestion to, it's my suggestion to BitChute also straight up saying we love straight up say we love Bitcoin, put it all over your site, figure out a way to incorporate the lightning network, make your own cryptocurrency. I don't care what you have to do, get some financial tribe over there that is, is going to propel you uh, to, to greatness, to, to something beyond just being for right-leaning people. It can't just be, you can't just have a Twitter for right-leaning pe people, okay? That's sort of what Parler is, and it's not even that. It's a, it's a Twitter for a few right-leaning people. That, that's all it is now. Um, it, it's got to be more, and it just can't be saying we believe in free speech because people are idiots and they don't care. That, that's great. I mean, that is awesome that they, they will let anyone post anything there that's legal. That is awesome. I think that is awesome. But for most people, that, that's not it. They are stuck in these algorithms. They can't even go to BitChute when they know someone they liked uh, on YouTube got kicked off and is there now. They can't do that. So it's, it's going to take some creativity and, and some gimmicky stuff. And I sit and for me, uh, and I'm going to keep doing these shows, I'm taking real world problems and figuring out how Bitcoin solves this problem and giving you step-by-step -step things they can do. And that's what I did. I, I guess I did it on Wednesday show or third. I don't even remember the day, the day, darn day of the show, but I just did it again. And yeah, tell me a current event you want me to solve the, solve, uh, the issue for, and I will figure out a way that Bitcoin can solve the issue for it. I'm going to do more of those shoot shows. Uh, hopefully. Okay. Moving on and keep on uh, doing the super chats or type in Bitcoin Meister for the questions. Because I love, I do love getting questions. I love going uh, off script like I've been going. And yeah, someone asked me about being in Baltimore. I will be in Baltimore for Thanksgiving and then Phoenix, Phoenix until the uh, January 5th or something like that. So uh, like all of December, I'll be in Phoenix. Uh, Beautiful, uh, warm Phoenix. That's what I like, baby. And maybe by, well, probably all the nonsense, you know, if Biden wins the election after November 3rd, then you know, all the travel restrictions will be gone and uh, there'll be no more virus anymore. And so I'll easily be able to travel out of the United States. But right now, it's just nonsense trying to travel out of the United States. Uh, but I, 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 I'm really hoping uh, by, by 2021, that I will be able to fly out of the Phoenix airport and get the heck out of here. It, it, it ended up, everybody, because of this nonsense, I was in the United States all of 2020. And that was not the original plan at all. But hey, that's life. <laughs> Compete, don't complain. I, I'm not complaining. It's a great freaking life. <laughs> Traveling, you know, I've, I've, been, I've been having a lot of fun. And I haven't changed, I haven't changed what I, I've done at all. I mean, uh, just, you know, everybody's shutting down their whole lives. My life has just been, been – I haven't been able to leave the country, but I've been able to travel and everything. You make the most of uh, of the situation you're handed. Okay. Now, uh, when we talk about following the herd – oh, going back to the virus thing. Uh, Carl Benninger, uh, since the very beginning, since March, has been talking about the fecal-oral route of this, uh, of this virus, that uh, you're, you're much, 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 much more likely to get it from uh, – touching something and then putting your hand to your mouth or your eyes or whatever, if you care about getting it. 
it, it's not in the air. It, it's it's not in the air as much as people think it is. If someone you know starts you know heaving and coughing horribly, sure, there's going to be stuff in the air. But it is so ridiculous. Um, you know, wearing these masks is, is absolutely ridiculous. Uh, and there's a tweet about it. So check it out. There, there are people that now it, it's slowly coming out that fecal oral is is the route of this disease. That uh, all this this you know, wearing a mask is completely not that, that you got to be six feet away, 10 feet away, and you're going to be able to catch something that it, it's just living in the air, like it's living in the clouds of Venus or something. No, it's, it's not happening. It, it, it really, and I'm sure there are some exceptions where people are hacking and then someone is right there. But guys, if you are, if you're morbidly obese, wash your hands. How about that? Wash your hands. If you're, or whatever, if you've got some comorbidity, wash your hands that there, there's and and Great, 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 uh, great practice. Learn it. Lo love it. Live it. A lot of people just don't wash their hands. So. And this is what happens when you don't. Personal responsibility. Wash your hands. Universal law of success. This is a tweet. You can't fail if you don't give up. Number one universal law of success. You can't fail if you don't give up. I retweeted that one. I liked it a lot. Uh, so I did. Uh, I, I I've checked out the baseball scores lately because uh, it's the playoffs and uh, Tampa just won the American League. And I, I check out some highlights. Well, I like checking out the highlights of the National League because they actually have a crowd there, and I like to see a crowd at a baseball game. Well, you know, back in the day when you'd watch sports, you would get uh, advertisements like "Taste great, less filling," and you'd have these former. Uh, football players, <laughs> just manly stuff. Now, I turn, I, I, I come see a highlight, and they got it. There's an advertisement, Lysol, what it takes to protect. And this is this is the people, Lysol, what it takes to protect. That's what advertises on on sports now. That's how much of a, a how how femme everything's become here. <laughs> Yeah. And it, they, they wouldn't be advertising if people weren't, uh, you know, if it, if it didn't work, if it wasn't, if it wasn't properly recognized, uh, properly increasing their brand recognition. So a lot of the men that that watch this, that they they want to know about Lysol. Disgraceful. <laughs> Tastes great, less filling. That's what I have to say. Uh, a, uh, so this article by Barry Weiss that I. Uh, I referenced beforehand. It's in Tablet Magazine, which is a, apparently a, a Jewish magazine. She's Jewish. She used to work for the New York Times, but she quit because she actually stood for something. And uh, her, it, it's a good read. Stop being shocked. American liberalism is in danger from a new ideology, one with dangerous implications for Jews. So, so don't worry about the Jewish part of it. it, it this is this is a. Uh, this is a article for anyone that just shows you uh, how American liberalism is. It's it's changing. It, it definitely is changing. People uh, want is you know it's racial theory is is totally uh, starting to dominate it, and it, it's an ideology that uh, does not judge people by their being individuals. It's throwing a lot of people into groups and trying to promote other groups. Uh, over others, and uh, it involves an authoritarian pre-planned setup. 
you know, control freaks type of stuff. Not 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 freedom inducing uh, activities to say the least. So it it is disturbing that people who think they're so liberal and and open minded want a top down control grid <laughs> that picks uh, winners and losers and uh, victims are uh, pedestaled and victims are given or. Stuff that is taken away from so-called winners of the world. All right. So that's her. Her article is good. She's a, she's a very good writer. Here is Elon Musk, a golden age winner, to no doubt, that people are envious of. Okay. And he speaks up against a lot of the nonsense. He has such high hopes, such great goals, such a great system. I mean, his system is throw a bunch of money into technology, incredibly technology-related companies, and, and just make people work hard there and aim high. And Elon Musk says SpaceX's first Starship trip to Mars could fly in four years. Okay, 2024, next halving, I could be by, – by the next halving, I could be saying – Strong hand, 2028 having Elon's, uh, we just landed men on the freaking Mars. I love it. I love this golden age, man. Isaac Arthur, another great space guy. He mentions, uh, well, he did a video about uh, the UFO sightings. And he mentions a great debunker of conspiracies named Mick West. And I will link to Mick West below. Actually, it's, it's pretty simple. It's just Mick w slash Mick West on uh, YouTube, okay? Uh, but I'll link to Mick West below because not only does Mick West debunk the UFO nonsense, he debunks the Building 7 nonsense and all, all sorts of other nonsense that a lot of you actually uh, believe in for some unknown reason. Um, because, I mean, you like conspiracies, you like doom. This Mick West guy is great. He, de he debunks... Such all the doom stuff, the clickbait doom stuff that so many people put out there. And of course, he has very few people subscribe to him uh, because he's just uh, he just he doesn't do clickbait. He does a straight up tells you the truth about the stuff that all these people who live in fantasy land of doom world want to be true because they can't live their own lives. Uh, so very good job, Mick West. If you're a thinker, go, go to Mick West, uh, Mick West's channel, which will be linked to below. And thank you, Isaac Arthur, for, for telling us about that. And again, I'm no algorithm slave. When I watch a video that uh, that Isaac Arthur uh, makes and he tells about another cool person, I go check out that other person. And Isaac Arthur actually puts links to the dude before below also. So it makes it easier. <laughs> okay. There's a ton of evidence out there that uh, Hunter Biden uh, materials are authentic Zero evidence that they're Russian disinformation. But if you just basically repeat the phrase Russian disinformation over and over again, that's all that's required in today's deranged media environment. Yes, I agree. Uh, all you have to say are certain catchphrases like Russian disinformation, and that just uh, people stop thinking. Like, okay, it's uh, it, it must. Uh, I'll just ignore it. It, it. it must be false. If it's Russian disinformation, the, the the amazing pedestal that the media has put Russia on, like they, they have gotten people that still think that it's like 19, uh, 1967 or 1960 or that Khrushchev is in charge and he's about to uh, put, put a bunch of nukes in Cuba and that they, they're very powerful. I mean, I, I, how many times can I say, 
Russia is a joke, and is, there's not, no reason to fear Russia at all. But people are st so addicted to their TV that uh, Russian disinformation, ooh, 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 you're a Russian troll. Everything's a Russian troll. Everybody should be worried about Russia, Russia, Russia. And so it's such it, – it's the ultimate not nonsense, and this guy phrased it beautifully. Um, that all you need in today's deranged 80 percenter environment is just this scream Russian disinformation. It, it turns out it turns off 80 percent of the brains out there. And still to this very day, we're um, whatever, we're less than a month to this freaking election. And there are people that are worried about the unrest in the streets. Now, they, if Biden wins, there's not going to be unrest in the streets. There's not. I mean, maybe what's going on in Seattle and Portland, it might continue. They've totally lost control over there. But there's not going to be, like, new unrest. Now, you do know if Trump wins, oh, there's going to be tremendous unrest. There's no doubt about it. So who, so who's causing this unrest? It, 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 it seems like the people who are frustrated without uh, having a Democrat in charge. Now, they all have various different reasons. But who's the baby here? Who's throwing the fit? Who are the people who are throwing the fit? I think it's really obvious. I think it's really – I mean, play, unless you believe, do you believe there's going to be what we saw with the, with the George Floyd stuff? Do you think it, that's more likely to happen if Biden wins or if Trump wins? I'm telling you right now, what I, what I saw that day in L.A., if Trump wins, it's going to be worse than what I saw that day. In LA, at the end of May, okay, it's going to be worse, and we all know it. So, what? I mean, we just—why can't people be adults anymore? Why do they have to throw these uh, grown? They're grown-up hissy fits. That's all they are. They're supposed—they're grown men and women throwing freaking hissy fits. And what what that is, what that involves is when you're when you're grown up, instead of you know, you know, throwing and uh, throwing your ice cream on the ground, you just break windows and stuff. But. Correct me if I'm wrong. Correct me if I'm wrong. What what, what outcome is going to cause is going to cause uh, more disturbances? Get into the Bitcoin overlay. Put yourself in the situation where you don't have to deal with those disturbances. I have put myself in that situation, uh, and I, I'm going to link to a, a site Twegs Twegsit T W E X I T. That stands for Twitter Exit. It's put on by the Parlor people. the The CEO of Parlor did a very good job. He he appeared on uh, I think he appeared on Fox. I'm going to link to the interview. He he's straight up going out there in public saying we're not doing what Twitter's doing. Good for him. Good for him. I think you guys maybe can tell that I have of all the alternatives that are out there, I have higher hopes for Parlor than all the others. Higher hopes for with parlor than than even bitch you definitely than than, than bitch you it's 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 pretty cool over there they could do some uh, improvements but like bitch shoot there's still problems with uploading the videos there's just it's, it's a little wonky here and there I, I think parlor and parlor has definitely gotten more big names to get over there than uh, than bitch shoot has and medium sized names too parlor has attracted more people maybe there's more frustration with Twitter than with YouTube. Probably there is, <laughs> there is, I guess. All right. What is this? Oh, here's another CNN headline. Hunker down. The fall virus surge is here. <laughs> what, totally opposite 
of in motion. Hunk, they, 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 they can get away with having a headline that says hunker down. And people want to hunker down. They, they're, just, they're so comfortable just locking themselves in their house. To me, it's, it's grotesque, man. Hunker down. But that, that, that's, that's the way of the world. That's, a, that's their biased take on everything. They want everyone to be hunkered down. Does that, does that make you – give you a feeling of happiness or does it – or more, or people are going to be scared when you when someone says hunker down. You're going to be a little worried there. Well, that's what they're telling you. Hunker down. The fall surge is here. There was the summer surge, and this surge, the March surge, and that surge, and this surge. Surge. And one of their surge is one of their uh, their, their emotional words they use. I, I do hope that most of the people that watch this video do not they do not fall for this. But every week I can point to an example of a headline that is so ridiculous like that coming coming from over there. And Drudge is worse. So. After over college moment here, University of Minnesota offers lectures teaching 12-step Alcoholics Anonymous type program to recover from being white. All right. So, yeah. That, that, that's racism right there. The, the University of Minnesota is straight up teaching racism. That's acceptable today in uh, this comfortable dystopia or, or whatever. Uh, therapeutic. It's therapeutic uh, totalitarianism. It's, uh, it's, it's fixing a problem, fixing a disease. <laughs> uh, the only Amy Coney Barrett hearings uh, have been uh, pr pretty uh, – the, the few highlights that I've seen only from Ben Shapiro, it's been nonsense and uh, they haven't been able to, uh, he, she's going to become a Supreme Court, uh, a member of the Supreme Court. But here's a tweet that's very funny and it speaks loud and clear, not just about the left, but about the right also. The fact that the Supreme, the Supreme Court of the United States nominee who has been tested and already had the virus must sit there with a mask in a GOP-controlled Senate demonstrates that we no longer live in a sane country. Yeah, there, there's no reason why that woman should be wearing a mask. She already had it. She can't give it to anybody. <laughs> and she, she's not really sitting there. It, it, it's so ridiculous how we've blown this out of proportion. And, and, and the Republicans are in charge. I mean, they, 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 they're scared too. They don't want to stick out either. They, don't, they want to be wrong with everybody else, okay? They they have no principles. The right the right take has been Carl Denninger all along, Alex, Alex Bernstein, um, people like that that I retweet that I mentioned. But the governments, the left and the right, most on the left and the right, are scared to go with them because they don't want to be wrong. Uh, they want to just fit in with the crowd, fit in with the herd. If they're wrong, no one will notice them. What's this? Federalist. Uh, Facebook is now officially censoring the New York Post uh, Hunter Biden bombshell. All right, I, I think I think I think we know that by now. They, they're all there's there's no shame in it at all. They're not. They're just like you can't use it, even though the story is true. Um, they're, they're all all the social media platforms are just, or, or at least Facebook and Twitter. And so, if you guys don't if you guys don't like it, then just don't 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 hang out there. There's no reason. There's alternatives. You can still post there. You can post on part. You can post on both. But to cry for the United States government to interfere and try to break up big tech is so wrong. It's so wrong. It's so not compete. Uh, don't complain. You're complaining. You're not competing. Let let them run their businesses the way they want to run their businesses. Okay. And as Stephen Molyneux has pointed out, most people, I'm sure, some of the people who refuse to go over to Bitshoot 
who are so addicted to YouTube are the same ones that, that say they're not. They say, no, 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 it's, the, the government should break up big tech. And then they can't even leave YouTube. They can't even type in BitChute on their URL, they, they, in their browser. They can't even do that. In a world of handouts, it, so we're, we're definitely living in a world of handouts. It, it's such a comfortable world. Um, if you are in bad shape in the United States, you're not going to starve. You can get all sorts of nice free stuff. Everyone wants to live on top of the mountain, but few are willing to make the climb. Everyone is well, – plenty of people are envious of those on top of the mountain and thus think they should be up there also. But uh, they're not willing to put in the hard work. So few people are willing to put in the hard work today. And today – uh, wanting someone else's money is called need. Waiting to keep your wanting to keep your own money is called greed. And compassion is when politicians arrange the transfer. That's from Joseph Sobran. All right, uh, going away from politics uh, and uh, finance for one second here. Going back to space. Fraser Kane. A guy I don't agree with on politics, I'll tell you that. Uh, he had a show that talked about rogue planets out there. And rogue planets are planets that are just out there. They're not in any solar system, okay? They're floating between solar systems. And this is just – our telescopes are getting better. We're learning more and more. We're finding more and more. We're at the tip of the iceberg here. There could be hundreds of them between Proxima Centauri – and the milk and uh, our solar system, okay? And I'm just fascinated by. I I, I linked to the video before. Uh, some of you say they're going to say, "Well, it's a niche a subject that only you care about." Maybe, but I love space, and I just I think that's just so fascinating. I never really thought about rogue planets that much, and what it could, the difference it could make in interstellar travel, and what how many right might be out there we have no idea but obviously they do not shine uh they're, they're not they're not like stars and if there were i mean if there were thousands of them earth-sized ones between proxima centauri and uh, and our solar system we couldn't see any of them until we get better uh better tech so golden age by 2030 maybe uh, we'll, we'll find more uh i i really do hope we'll find rogue planets it, it really um puts a whole new spin on interstellar travel and you could have way stations along the way and, and it opened my mind the video really uh, opened my mind i love it learn some stuff there so keith olberman who uh I, back when i was a little kid or whatever i think he was cool to be on espn it was entertaining you know baseball tonight or whatever orioles yeah but uh and at some point after that he left and he became a political dude or i, I don't know and He's ridiculous. <laughs> We've known he's ridiculous for a while, but he went on a rant. Keith Olbermann says ally supporters of Trump should be removed uh, from society. Okay? And I listened to the rant. I mean, he was calling like for a purge. <laughs> and this is acceptable now in, in, my, in, in modern discourse that you can call for a freaking Stalinistic type of purge of people you disagree with politically and make them out to be the worst of the worst. Um, and, and Ben Shapiro, uh, you know, he, he pointed out how ridiculous it was. I just couldn't believe it. I'm like, this dude straight up calling for a purge of his political enemies. 
And that's <laughs> that's not how we run. You know, that's that's what happens in a banana republic when there's a coup and a new uh, a new regime ch- takes hold. They purge the old regime. They they destroy. They they murder all the other people that that they took the place of. Uh, and, and then in some banana republics, they just arrest them and and, and put them in jail for made up charges. And, and Keith Olbermann likes this type of thing, apparently. You know, it's amazing. This is this is this is, and they're the and but I'm not going to point out the hypocrisy because they're the one that, that that are saying we're living under this totalitarian, horrible, backward regime. But they're the ones calling for purges. That they're but we live in a post hypocrisy world, so he would never get it. The one who <laughs> he calls for purges of the guy he thinks is 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 doing the purges. All right. Saifedean. Oh, another on some email list I'm part of uh, from Baltimore. There was a t- larger than yourself. That is a sacrificial guilt term that people love love to just throw out there. Think larger than yourself. Larger than yourself. No, it's supposed to make you feel better for some people uh, that you have nothing to do with, and you, you you're guilted into giving them money or feeling bad or ripping on yourself that it's your fault that. Uh, those people over there are worse off. Think, think larger than yourself. It's not just about you, dude. It's not just about you. It's about them and, and you cause their problems. So, yeah. When when I see that larger than yourself thing in the uh, in a title on email, I, I erase. Safedine. Oh man, this is a good one. Now I don't know about this ninety percenter number. He, he's taking it to a, a new level. I, I just I just talk about 80%, but he, he's on 90%. Anytime you doubt yourself, remember that 90% of people can be scared into voluntary house arrest with videos of people fainting and dumb math. You have no reason to not crush your competition unless you're one of the 90%, in which case all your worst doubts are probably true. <laughs> so yeah, a lot of people can be... Uh, scared into voluntary house arrest. Isn't that amazing? That's what we've learned from 2020. And so you you do have no excuse, people. If people can be scared into just totally shutting themselves down, uh, compete, don't complain. You, you'll be able to defeat them. And you should have no doubt about your ability over such people. And uh, Ben Bishpier also pointed out that Demo- Democrats are declaring anything they don't like court packing. That, that involves the Supreme Court, that because that Trump nominating Amy Comey Barrett, that's court packing. No, they, they, so we, we live in a world, in a, in a postmodern world, there is the trick that's being used by so many people is that there's there's definitions for nothing. No, nothing has meaning anymore. You can make up your own meaning for anything. OK, um, if you say all lives matter. Oh, no, 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 no. You don't really mean all lives matter. You're meaning uh, you're, you're racist if you say all lives matter. Uh, all right. So it does work. The postmodern technique uh, of just nothing has a definition and you can make up a definition. Uh, you know, woman, what, what does woman mean? Well, you, I mean, you can have a penis and be a woman now. But wait a second. It, it doesn't mean, you know, woman, uh, XX chromosome, vagina. This is, that, that. No, 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 no. That's, 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 that's women, woman can have, there's no true definition. You make it up. So court packing, well, isn't, isn't court packing just uh, adding extra judges? No, 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 no. Court packing can also mean just like, a dude I didn't I, I don't like added someone I don't like to the Supreme Court. On the other talk about the Yelp 
uh, racist uh, taggings. Yelp uh, allows people now or they go to to rate a small business and say they're racist in order to, you know, to blackmail them, to uh, to libel them, to extort them. It seems like a really <laughs> Yelp is a private organization. OK, they can do what they want to do. Seems like it's a way just who's going to be hurt by this. OK, small businesses are going to be hurt by all the people that want revenge on them. They're going to give them the uh, the racist scarlet letter. And who will that help? Well, it'll, it'll help like Amazon. Less uh, less small businesses out there, well, more business for the big business. For, for all you uh, social justice warriors that, that you know, you, you say you support your local business and but but at the same time, you're you're, you're willing to buy into a scheme where uh, people are encouraged to make up a libel. It's weaponized libel, weaponized libel right there against small businesses. And then you don't like and you're MVS at Amazon. You're helping Amazon. But uh, there's no principles. No principles. And finally, Sweden, a video from Sweden just showing people uh, being Swedish and living their lives and uh, not wearing masks and, and hanging out the mall and being close to each other. Just, just so you see that, uh, yeah, they, they're living it. Oh, here's a question. Bitcoin Moisture, are you aware that in Canada you qualify for $900 every two weeks until next September as long as you don't make uh, 38000 it doesn't the thirty. It doesn't surprise me at all. I mean, we're about to have a uh, in the United States. And Johnny NY said hi, hi Johnny. Um, you know, we're, we're going to have an, another check come out soon. There's going to be all sorts of schemes, uh, money printing schemes going on. So there's no excuse for if you're a Canadian citizen to be valuing your wealth in Canadian dollars at all. I've said this on multiple shows now. Uh, you you definitely should have gotten in turned some of those loonies into Bitcoin. Uh, quite a while back, but it will be worse. Uh, the money printing will be worse in other countries than even in Canada. Okay, um, but Canada, it, it, United States will ramp it up. Canada will be, still be worse than the United States. Uh, the United States sets the tone. Okay, so if Biden, Biden becomes president and you get UBI, if you get twenty four hundred UBI for all of twenty twenty one, the other countries will, will will beat out the United States, European Union. They'll, they'll, they'll even get worse, and Canada will be worse also. So <laughs> the dollar will still be the best of the, the worst, the best of the fiats. Why play in the fiat realm? Why value your wealth in fiat when we have all this nonsense going on? So it'll be an interesting uh, next few shows, I'm sure, as we get closer to uh, as we get closer to November. Remember, don't let it control your lives, dude. Live your regular life that you've been living. Don't worry about who's going to become president. Don't you. You use your head. That's what we were talking about at the start of the show, that so few people can use their head, that whatever situation arises, you can use your head to put yourself in the best possible position, uh, safety-wise, financially, get into the Bitcoin overlay. And we've known about what's been possible now since February, how psychotic some leaders can be. So don't be shocked by anything. And uh, there's, there's, there's really like uh, there's no excuse to ha not have your physical health in order and your mental health in order now and your, your wealth in order. I mean, we've been living this crazy year for uh, 10 months now. So no excuse anymore, dudes. Um, get, get in shape physically, mentally, 
financially. Pound that like button. I'll see you guys tomorrow. Retweeted everybody. Thank you very much. See ya. Personal responsibility is the new counterculture.